When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, you guys know him. You love him. It's your boy, S. How you doing, buddy? What up? What up? What up? I'm good. I'm hanging out. Just uh, loving the basketball that we're enjoying. It's just crazy. It's wild. It's mind-blowing. I honestly, I feel like this is the best playoffs we've had in a really long time. I can't. Maybe it's just in the moment, you know, heat in the moment, heat of the moment. Yeah, I think heat of the moment, pun intended. (laughs) Ah, Um, ah. I think I I would describe this playoff so far as chaotic good, Mm. you know, because it's just everyone's bracket is on fire. Like, I don't know anyone, anyone who picked the heat over Milwaukee. Okay, it's I just, had the Bucks winning it all. all yeah, I, a yeah. lot of people did. I had them in the finals. Like I, yeah. you know, it's absolutely nuts. Um, I feel like I'm still in shock. Like we're recording this Thursday evening, so that game happened last night. I'm yeah. still in a little bit of shock about it. Oh, and yeah. now we're seeing a a, a Knicks Heat second <laughs> round. Like no one had that either. You know, I mean the Heat. You know that was. Or sorry, the Knicks. Like you know, some people had the Knicks going to the next round, but. I mean, look, let's talk about the Miami Heat for a second. They lost to the Hawks yeah. in the play-in. <laughs> yeah. And like like, pre- like pretty badly lost. Badly. Like, like, yeah, it was ugly. It was, it was a blowout. It was ugly. Um, I recall that they wasted what I considered a good Kyle Lowry effort. They did. Yeah. And I was upset about that. Mm-hmm. And here we are. And they look like the old Miami Heat again out of seemingly nowhere. Yeah. I I explicitly said on this show that this series was not worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> I, I explicitly said that. I'll be honest with you. I did not watch the first two games because like why there's and the way the NBA schedule is working with the overlapping games. You have to pick and choose what you want to watch. Right. And the first two games, I was just like, oh, this is it doesn't matter. Even if Giannis is hurt, the, they're going to figure it out. They're just that good of a team. Mm-hmm. They've been they, mm-hmm. they're the best team in the NBA record wise. Right. Mm-hmm. I just thought there was no way that Milwaukee would would screw this up. And yet they royally screwed this up. Like just uh, everything that went wrong or could have went wrong, went wrong. Yeah, I mean, I did flag a little bit that like when Giannis um, was injured and it was like back, like it was a back injury. I was like, that is always bad news. Yeah, because back injuries tend to be quite chronic. 
And so, yes, he is playing through injury to some degree, but he had like 38 points last night and like 20 rebounds. So he is, by all accounts, still Giannis. I mean, I think what's so shocking about it is that this at its core is very much still the same team that won a championship in 2021. I mean, and last year it was Middleton that was injured. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they just didn't make it as far. But now you're thinking, okay, this squad is healthy. They're going to go all the way again. And then it just completely crumbled. And I feel like, you know, all of Giannis's like um, demons at the free throw line came back and this team looked like nobody wanted the ball at the end of the game. They were scared. They were terrified. They were scared. They were scared of the moment, which is ridiculous because they've won a championship. Yeah. And they were scared of the moment. And then poor Connaughton, like I feel bad for him because I'm like, that's a moment that's going to be hard to live down. Right. No clock awareness in an overtime elimination game season on the line is yeah. brutal. Like shout out to the very old Raptors fans that will remember Chris Childs oh, yeah. uh, against <laughs> just throwing it up yeah. in like game five of the first round. I mean, it was just it's rare that you see such um, I'm going to go there. I'm going to say incompetence. Mm. from what is otherwise a very smart very successful nba team like ask like what do you think like really went wrong with the bucks they just acted like they were new there you know like they had never experienced any of this this is a team like Giannis is a player who dropped 50 points and 20 rebounds to win an nba championship like game six mm-hmm, against mm-hmm. phoenix he had that all-time level performance he made 20 of his free throws and then here same free throw issue. I think he missed like over 15 free throws, 16 yeah. free throws in that game. And, you know, their coach, Mike Budenholzer, he didn't call timeout in that fourth quarter where they had the opportunity to. He didn't, didn't call he it again. he have like two timeouts left? He didn't call it again in overtime too. <laughs> so rough. it was just like, it, it, it really felt like this team had forgot what it felt like to be a playoff team. They were just going through the motions of things versus – actually trying to understand the heat of the moment and heat of the moment here go again um i want to ask you a question what do you think did you see the Giannis quote the one where he went at the the media oh yeah what do you think about all that because it feels like it opened up it opened up such a philosophical debate for some reason well he answered the question in a very philosophical way so yeah uh for anyone who doesn't know like Giannis was asked like do you think this season is a failure Mm -hmm. and he got upset he was emotional although he withheld that as much as he could and he basically said that like there is no failure in sports and that it's just steps towards success and that you know he used michael jordan as an example he's like michael jordan won six championships but he played like what was it 15 seasons so every season he didn't win was that a failure or was he just growing towards the next thing and you know i think that's a very interesting way to put it I ultimately think he handled that very well. I think Giannis is a leader. So it's not just about him. It's about his teammates. It's about the organization. It's about the morale of everyone. And I think he had all of that in mind when he answered that. Like if he says, yes, I think this is a failure. What is that going to do to everyone else around me? Yeah. I think, I think also having that, 
Tycoon. Also, shout out to Giannis to being like, you asked me that question last year, Eric. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't even yeah. know who he is. You asked me that question last year, Eric. Do you Keeping get a promotion? Tabs. Do you get a promotion every that time you funny. ask that question? I thought Woo! that was funny because it's like, I guess in his mind, a championship is like a, it, it, I guess he was trying to keep them similar level, but it's funny. Imagine if you were to get a promotion every year of your, or you like working towards a promotion every year for your career. I mean, I yeah. guess to a certain extent we are, you know, yes. for some careers, like it's totally like that, but uh, it's just funny. I thought his composure was incredible. The fact that mm -hmm. he was like, I'm not going to make it personal. I'm not going to make it personal, even though I totally can right now. I'm going to just address it the way I'm trying to address it in that moment, losing a game like that, all the mistakes, all the missed free throws, and then to, you know, like 20, 30 minutes later, have to sit at a podium and answer these questions and then get thrown a question like, do you think this season is a failure? To just, to be able to respond to that in a way that is, first of all, you like you mentioned it, philosophical, right? Like it had some kind of point to it. Yeah, but like then, what does it mean to be a failure in this? Right. Yeah, but then also, Giannis yeah, is it's life, crazy. Right? Like when you think about Giannis's life, he's yeah. like, I'm not a failure yeah. anyway sorry go on no you're right though like he's he's making millions of dollars he's a two-time he's gonna go down all time as you know one of the best players in nba history like there's he could retire tomorrow and have a more successful life than any of us you know what mm -hmm, i mean so mm -hmm. i just it, i think i like the approach that he had i think the fact that he views life that way is an important lesson for media members but it's also an important lesson for like everybody you can take that kind of use it in your life it was a it was a defining moment in the in the post game sphere. Yeah, I I completely agree. And like I, you know, sometimes like I really feel for these players and coaches who have to address the media right after, yeah, like a tough loss or something like that. Because I just I don't I do not process emotions that quickly, personally. Like especially if I if like my whole heart is in something, it's like yeah. give me, let me sleep on it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, give me some time. Like, I am yeah. not going to have an eloquent thing to say to you in this moment. Like, mm -hmm. you know, so the fact that like they have to do that, I'm sure like all that comes with practice and rhythm as well. But yeah. And he's always are... he's always been like a very outspoken like he he's very eloquent in the way that he talks about things. He's very open to the media. He's never been one of those guys that's like shying away from answering the hard questions. So it's expected of him. But you're right. In that moment, I don't understand how he did that, because imagine imagine you got fired from a job. Right. And then right after, I don't know, your mom is hassling you like, hey, why did you lose that job? You know, and you're like, I don't know why I lost that. Give me, talk to me tomorrow. You know? Yeah, well, so. shout out to my mom because I don't <laughs> I don't hold back with her. <laughs> but um, Putin you get personal. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I get, I, I'll dig deep. I, I, I dig deep. Um, but yeah, Budenholzer was also asked the same question and he kind of like was fumbling a bit, was like, it's not a failure, but it's a disappointment and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And now everyone's coming for his job. I mean, people are acting like he's already fired. He, he, he honestly, honestly, cat, he might as well be. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, if we're going to be honest with you, I'm surprised they didn't send him like a text message right after the game. Just like pack it up, call. They, they just they stayed up all night to type up the press release. Like, yeah, I, I'm surprised we haven't got the notification already. Honestly, I really am. But maybe it's because, you know, he's been there for a while. They probably 
are going to give he him won that... a championship two years yeah, ago. Yeah, They're going to exactly. give him some respect. Yeah. But I think, like, one of his downfalls as a coach is just the lack of adjustments. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Like, yeah. like, Jimmy Butler, like, Drew Holiday, who is considered a good defender, was horrible defending yeah. Jimmy Butler. Like, Jimmy Butler, okay, first of all, shout out to Jimmy Butler. Shout out to Jimmy Butler. But, you know, yeah. he was getting everything he wanted. And it's like when, you know, when the Raptors were facing against the Bucks, right? I mean, we had the iconic adjustment of, okay, Kawhi is now going to guard Giannis because yeah. we were down 2-0 and something had to change. Yeah. And it was like, well, you know, you just have to go for it. And I feel like this team did not make those adjustments throughout this series. Like you used to seeing good playoff teams do. Yeah, it felt like even when they were really good, even when they won that championship, it felt like the one thing that could hold them back was themselves. Like the Bucks, yeah. it, they just constantly make things harder for themselves. Even if you like, if we're going to get into like the minutia of, of basketball schemes, they just don't, ex they don't take advantage of the things that they're actually good at. And that a lot of that has to do with coaching. The fact that they are so dead set on one way of playing that they're not used to changing it up. They don't have a change up. They don't have something else that they can go to, even though they are a very versatile team. They have a lot of talent. I would say they have uh, a lot more talent than the Miami Heat do on that roster. So I just for me with Bud, it's the same issue all the time. It's the fact that he is lacking in the department of adjustments he can't yeah he's, he's rigid in decision making which is like the exact opposite of nick nurse which mm -hmm. is nick nurse is like let's try this let's try that let's try this let's try that so i don't know i could see a little swap there by the way if well we're, if everyone we're, was yeah. calling for it last night i actually i have not had the chance to respond to the nick nurse firing I know. because I know. Yeah. well for, shout out to casey vanderman who was on my episode last week and then our episode just got buried by all the nick <laughs> nurse news i'm gonna save that for our raptors homer moment segment sorry coming up but um yeah i mean nick nurse coaching that team is interesting personally I mean, gosh, okay, if we're getting into it now, we're getting into it now. <laughs> I feel like Nick Nurse changed. This yeah. is my this is my big take. And I don't know if other people have said it or not, but I feel he changed. Who he was in 2019 and 2020 when he won coach of the year mm. is different than who he was last year because we talked about his willingness to make adjustments, to try new things, to think outside the box. And then he became stubborn. Yeah. And stuck in his ways and unwilling to change, unwilling to adjust, unwilling to try new things. And I don't know how that happened. So I think personally, I think Nick Nurse needs a year off. I think mm -hmm. he needs to regroup. Um, if anyone read his book, he talks about being in a basement in Iowa with Nate Bjorkren and they're like eating pizza and they're having like a beautiful mind moment where they're just like, <laughs> like on Ted the Lasso wall. where they're just <laughs> yeah yeah you know and like that's how they like bonded and grew together and stuff like that and I feel like he just needs like a year of that mm -hmm. to like find himself again because I feel like he lost himself as a coach like not personally but as a coach hey we've seen this with bigger you know more heightened stakes with like celebrities right you they get to the point where their their fame exceeds maybe what they are or, or what they can handle right and then they go on to kind of be above themselves if you will or or feel like they are above 
what mm-hmm. they're kind of doing in yep. the sphere of whatever it is that they're supposed to be in. So maybe that that's what happened to Nurse, you know, like the maybe the commercials, the Team Canada, everybody the loving you, the fame, the fame got to him. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. I, I would not be surprised like if that was the case. I mean, he was being referred to as a basketball genius. Yep. It, pretty ca- pretty casually. Yeah. By many people, maybe that got to him. I mean, honestly, like I do. Think you watch this- Ted Lasso? I haven't. No. Okay. Well, hopefully one day you do. I think you'd love it. First of I all, I probably would. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a, a a a coach on there who ends up being the Wonder Kid. Okay. He's like this whiz. He he, and then but then he becomes a villain. But then he becomes this guy that everybody hates, everybody detests. And like, maybe that's a little bit of Nick mm. Nurse, uh, you know, just he's this guy who was prepped up, you know, pepped up to be this guy. And then, you know, the the fame gets to him, if you will. Well, I think to this is going to be a super hot take here. I think to some extent, a similar thing happened with Scotty Barnes this year. Hmm. I think being, you know, being rookie of the year and then spending an entire summer being compared to Kevin Durant. Yeah. And then and then he didn't fully show up this year the way he needed to. And then even in his like, um, you know, postseason remarks, like he talked about conditioning and stuff. So I think he's learned that now. But I think to some degree that also got to him a bit. That makes sense. I even Masai mentioned uh, like, hey, you know, maybe we need to look at how Scotty approaches the summer a little bit more because he had the like Scotty was doing press tours towards the end of their season, right? He was, he went to the NBA finals. He was doing interview stuff there. Then he did the commercials with Kareem and ESPN. So like he was doing the the media tours while maybe he should have been like focusing on working on his craft. So yeah, yeah, I could totally believe that. Yeah. And he talked about like complacency and stuff like that as well. So yeah, all that kind of aligns, but anyway, yeah. I mean, if this Milwaukee bucks coaching job becomes open. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. I, I mean, would, I do. I actually do think Nick Nurse would be a good fit for that job. He would he would be 2019, sort of, 2020 Nick Nurse, to be specific. Yeah, maybe maybe a rejuvenated like summer off. He's been in Cancun for, you know, four or five months. Nick Nurse could work. Uh, Just yeah. take some time away and then maybe come back to it in September. But I agree with you. I think um, I think he is gone. I think Mike Budenholzer is done. Uh, It just when something like that happens. Uh, it might be, you know, some people have been saying it, but it might be the greatest upset in NBA history or the largest upset in NBA oh, history. Oh, yeah. And it's historic. When that happens, I just think like something has to give. And it's not going to be, they're not going to go and trade Giannis. It's much harder to be like, oh, we're going to go and trade your best friend, Chris trade Middleton. Giannis. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's not going to be like, oh, we're going to trade your best friend, Chris Middleton or Brooke Lopez or Drew Holland. They're not going to do that. Um, but the coach is a very easy thing to do. So. I, I'm I'm totally switching around the order of this podcast, but um, <laughs> I just think it's really funny that Ime Udoka during his Houston press conference talked mm. about, you know, he didn't he looked at these other teams, but really <laughs> Houston was the best job out there. He really yeah. made it seem like every single vacancy, you know, team with a vacancy offered him a job. Yeah. And then he picked Houston and I'm like, well, you didn't know Milwaukee was available. So yeah, yep, it was exactly. a little cocky. I felt it was pointed. I oh, yeah. felt it was unnecessary. I'm like, I don't know what Masai did to you that you think they're friends. Apparently I that think. you think being here is not ideal. Mm-hmm. Maybe you're just anti-taxes. 
because in Texas they don't have state taxes or I, whatever. That probably did play a factor, but I I would I would also say like there's not a lot of pressure in Houston where no one is going to cover that team, you know, to the degree of maybe the Raptors this year and next year. Like mm -hmm. in Houston, it's no pressure. You can go out. We already know it's a young <laughs> team. They're going to do what they have to. They're going to develop. It's going to be, there might be like one or two puff pieces that come out a year for that team. But and they're the going to be better. Yeah. Even yeah. like, even if Silas was still there, like they're going to be better. Yeah, I agree. But with, you know, like, let's say the Raptors or maybe even the Pistons, there's a little bit more pressure there because the Pistons have been doing this for much longer, the rebuild. And then the Raptors, they just they're a, a higher stake team, you know. So it, I think he went to the like least the the most low profile place he could have to just get away from whatever noise that he was dealing with. media. Yeah. You know, yeah, it was a pointed statement. And I stand by that. Yeah, um. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, you're right. Um. Okay. We haven't said enough about Jimmy Butler. I didn't have it on our docket per se, but okay. First of all, playoff Jimmy Butler is legendary officially. Yep. Cemented. Officially stamped it. Officially legendary. Not that it wasn't before, but even more so now. Yeah. I will say, I don't know if this effort is sustainable. Yeah, that's fair. I'll just say this on the playoff Jimmy front. Uh, it's like... It's like the first Harry Potter movie where uh, the guy kind of flips and then you see the back of his head and it's Voldemort and Voldemort right there is playoff Jimmy. Like it's just like a completely different character. He's like a completely different person sometimes in the playoffs. It, he activates something. I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Like even even the three point shooting, the the shooting in general, it just changes completely. He's he's a completely different player. Um, I would agree with you that I don't know how sustainable it is. And also a lot of that has to do with the shooting. Like Miami has been shooting the lights out against Milwaukee. And I just don't know if that's sustainable against New York, uh, which has played awesome. Like they've been also amazing. And it's going to be great to see playoff Jimmy in, in Madison Square Garden oh, yeah. against that crowd. It's just, it's going to be amazing. I agree. It's going to be a really fun series to watch. I haven't made a prediction on it. Okay. Have you? I haven't. I'm not. I'm, I don't even know where to lean in that. I don't it, know. I just feel like now that this has happened, I'm just like, mm -hmm. anything's possible. Are the Hawks going to win tonight against the Celtics? That's going to yeah. age poorly by the time this is out. <laughs> but I'm just like, anything is possible. Also, by the way, I'm a massive Janet Jackson fan. And when my worlds were colliding, I was freaking out. That was pretty wild. That was pretty yeah. wild. How do they double book Janet Jackson? I think they assumed that game was not going to happen. Yeah, probably. They're like, that is no absolutely way. what I think. They're like, there's no way we're having a game six here. Yeah. Like, Janet, just come to town. <laughs> also, these dates have been out since, like, December, because that's when I bought my tickets. I'm seeing her here May 23rd. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I, 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 I paid for the meet and greet. Oh, that's I pretty awesome. I paid for a meet and greet. So I'm, I'm like, on favorite Favorite song while we're on the topic. Oh, my God. Janet Jackson song? Yeah. Okay, it's really hard. Um, I love Got Till It's Gone, or I love the Velvet Rope era. Velvet Rope, yeah. Okay. That's probably yeah. that's my favorite era. So Got Till It's Gone together again, that kind of era is my mm -hmm. favorite. There's lots. There's the song If, which has the amazing choreography. Yeah, yeah. There's a song called Escapade from the okay. 80s that I really love. But all that stuff I discovered like after the fact because I'm more of a, a 90s fan. Yeah, of course. I got you. Um, yeah. I, I always find it so interesting how the NBA does the scheduling stuff because between concerts and like other mm -hmm. sports, I just 
I I would. How does that computer even compute all that? I. Oh yeah, the NBA scheduling people. Wow, have no idea. No yeah. idea. They're yeah. like they were. They were. They were human algorithms before algorithms. Exactly. Yeah. The they way were, they do those schedules. They were that. the artificial intelligence before the. Artificial <laughs> <Yeah>. intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Another major playoff story I really want to talk about is Kawhi Leonard, uh, yeah. being out with a torn meniscus, um, which is at this point just heartbreaking um he really did look like the best if not one of the best players in this year's playoffs before he went out um obviously like the clippers are out now wait they are officially out now right officially yeah yeah yeah, yeah, sorry um and you know Stephen a smith got on the horn as he does and basically called for his retirement basically was like you need to force this guy to retire because he can't stay healthy um where i mean raptors fans i know are going to care about this yeah where where do you land i agree with you that it's heartbreaking uh it's it's tough because you always wonder what if you know Mm -hmm. uh and i had someone be like oh well it's not that big of a what if because you know he already has won the championships he's won the finals mvps but i think if anything, that makes it more of a what if, because now you're wondering what, how high could he have been on the upper echelon of all all time NBA players if he had been fully healthy? I mean, we talk about that Spurs series against the Warriors and him yeah. getting hurt. People forget that that year that the Warriors won 73. Uh, yeah, they won 73 and nine. I think the Spurs won 67. They only won six less games, right? <laughs> it's just it, people don't remember that because of how great the Warriors were that year. So I just think. It's unfortunate, man. It really is. It's it's heartbreaking because Kawhi, what he means to this city, to know that the Raptors probably got his last somewhat healthy season. You know, yeah. he played he played 60 games and then played 24 playoff games, even though he was hurt, <clears throat> like he did have injuries throughout those playoffs. But, to, but it's to the know last that, time he has been able to play through a playoff series. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And to, to fight through the entire thing. So I just that's the part that gets me. And it makes it does make 2019 um, more potent. Like it makes it more heightened. It, ma- it makes you uh, appreciate it more just because of the fact that like, you know, it was time is fleeting and Kawhi's time in the NBA was also fleeting when it comes to the Stephen A. Smith stuff. Like he's obviously going to do, you know, he's going to get on his soapbox and say the things that he wants to say to get the engagement and the, Oh yeah. Who knows if that's how he even feels. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, in terms of actually retiring, I don't think he will. Uh, I, I really doubt no, there's that too he, much money, way too much money. And also on top of that, I think we've gotten to the point where, and he's probably gotten to the point where he's gotten this load management thing down to a science. It's just the fact that he, it, like does it, he though yeah i know i don't I, as soon as i said that i'm like i don't even know if he's got it down to a science eh, who knows <laughs> who knows yeah who knows what'll happen i mean he next. did for a moment there i believe he did play um through the nba bubble now that i think yes. about it so yeah, that i guess is technically his last um playoff run without injury yeah. um and then they were eliminated was it the nuggets that el- no in the bubble yeah. Yes. In the bubble, it was the Nuggets. They came back from 3-1. And then- yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I mean, I you know, we all feel this way. He should have stayed. We would have been repeat champs. Yeah. Um, But, you know, that's here nor there. Obviously, the rest, you know, 
during the COVID rest in 2020 would have helped him. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go so far as to say he should retire, mm -hmm. but I mean, it is a fact that he can't stay healthy. And the last I know of a player or at least a high profile player that did have to retire due to like health issues was Chris Bosch. Yeah right like he had those like blood clot issues and it became too dangerous for him to play and then that forced him to retire early but he couldn't get on the court at all yeah at that point so that's you know a different scenario i don't really know where the clippers go from here financially they're pretty tied down i think they have to double down on what they have and just ride it to the wheels fall off essentially like that's the really they would have to do they have to drive this car until it just stops in the middle of the road and then they have to just walk away from it like i <laughs> yeah it's i just think that's probably where they're at right now same thing with paul george who hasn't really been the most healthy guy either like they have two guys who are very very injury prone and I think the formula moving forward is if they can find a way to win in the regular season without those guys so that they can just be ready for the playoffs. And a guy like Russell Westbrook actually helps with that because Russell is super like he never gets hurt. He He's consistently playing all the time. And like he's good enough to keep you competitive in some games. Like let's say they're playing the Hornets on a random Tuesday night. He can probably win that game without a Kawhi or a PG. So I, I don't know. I think. That's the eventual goal if you're thinking about how this team moves forward. Yeah, I think that's the best case scenario for them. I mean, obviously, it sucks that both him and Paul George are injured at the same time. Yeah. And I think they were thinking, too, like, you know, if we get past this first round, then Paul George could be ready for the next round kind of thing. But I don't know. I did in November say that I think the Clippers should trade Kawhi. No one else was saying that, but I was saying that because I'm like, well, if he looks healthy now and you think someone might be interested, then this yeah. is the time because I just didn't believe in his long-term sustainability. But yeah. I think like the writing's just been on the wall with him for a long time. I think it gets to the point where, and like th this goes down to money too, but it'll get to the point where he has to, like he can't be your number one option anymore. He can't be the guy you're building around. But if anything, he'd be like, uh, an assassin you know a hired gun if you will to come in and be that second or third guy that can go ahead and and help you like let's say let's say the bucks we were just talking about the bucks let's say somehow some way they end up getting Kawhi Leonard okay now Kawhi can be a guy who can play 40 games for the bucks all season and then he plays throughout the playoffs and now he's just like this hired gun to play beside Giannis would be very fun would be great but that's probably where he's moving you know, what kind of career he's maybe for. like in a year or two from now, because I think he's getting paid too much. He is. Yeah. To yeah. be that guy. But, yeah. His contract yeah. ends 2024, I believe. So, yeah. 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 It's just heartbreaking. I, uh, and I just felt like we should acknowledge it, acknowledge the heartbreak. Yeah. Um, okay. So there's a few series still happening and I wanted to ask you between the warriors and Kings, Celtics and Hawks and Grizzlies Lakers which one or multiple do you think are going to a game seven I actually think none of them will go to a game seven Ooh. I think they're all done I think they will be all finished uh by the time well no not by the time this thing comes out the Celtics will be done by the time this thing yeah comes out. but when it comes to the Lakers and Grizzlies I think they probably sorry the Lakers and Warriors I think they both finish it off the Warriors have, have sort of figured it out 
against the Kings. Yeah, and they know, like, they don't want to do a game seven in Sacramento. Hell no, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and like, also the Kings seem a little gassed out, uh, especially with like Fox getting hurt and Sabonis not not playing the best, even though he had a good game five. So I just. I think it's gotten to the point where the Warriors have figured things out with them and they know like they know the the Lakers Grizzlies one is probably the one I'm most iffy about. I'm not. Maybe there's a, a good chance that the Grizzlies force game seven because the three the trio Jaron jaw and Desmond Bain, they've looked really good over the last two games and like. Yeah, they could they could force a game seven. That's the one where I I'm, feel I'm like kind of the Grizzlies on. kind of unlocked something with the three of them during game five. And if they yeah. can have that consistent effort, then I do think they could win a game six. I think it's hard to win three games in a row with your back against the wall, though. I agree. Yeah. I mean, that there's there's a reason why 95 percent of the teams that go down three one just don't win. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. So I I. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I think all of them finish, though. Like, you're. Well, I think this Warriors King series has been one of the best first round series ever. Yeah. Like, ever, period. Like, it's been so fun to watch. Every game's come down to the wire. Um, have so much respect for the Kings to be able to put up the fight that they had or that they have uh, so far. I think the Warriors could straight up win it all. I agree. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, I needed to see them win a game on the road to really believe it. But now that I have, I, I'm like, yeah, if they can get past this, they can get past anyone else in the league. And I think in a weird way, it has helped them to face such a difficult opponent in the first round because I feel like it woke them up. Yeah, they need and I, that. And too. they needed yeah. that. They yeah. needed to be woken up. They needed to be rattled. And I think, um, you know, for all Draymond shortcomings, he had an excellent game five. Massive. Yeah. It was, I mean, he, it was, it was that game five was like a prototypical Warriors road win. I've seen it a million and one times. Draymond has the great defensive games. Steph comes up with clutch shots. Clay's hitting great shots. Like Wiggins is pitching in. Like they, they, that was such a prototypical ro Warriors road win that it just, it seemed like that championship team again. You're like, oh, I remember these guys. I, I so yes, they just needed a little bit of a of a warm up, a wake up, if you will. Uh, and I think the kids, Kings gave them a a good jolt. Mm -hmm. A very yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, with the Lakers and the Grizzlies. Mm -hmm. So I've been saying all season long that the Grizzlies are a bunch of frat boys that are really paying attention to the eye on, you know, eye on the prize. Yeah, uh, that's coming true. Didn't think it would come true against the Lakers. I had no belief in the Lakers at all, <laughs> but it is. And I, you know, I really thought we were going to have a Grizzlies Warriors second round, but it could be a Lakers Warriors second round. Yeah. What what? What matchup are you personally rooting for? And what do you think is going to happen there? I'm rooting for Lakers Warriors. Uh, and I think the reason I'm rooting for that is because we haven't seen Steph versus LeBron. Yes. In a while, right? 2018. So I, I think that's probably what I'm rooting for. I, actually, no, that's definitely what I'm rooting for. I think the fact that you have uh, the Warriors and their kind of, we need to win this now, the pressure of what's going to happen in the summer. And then the Lakers who always seem to have tons of pressure on them, the whole Anthony Davis thing, LeBron being at his age. So both of those teams are going to be so desperate. They're going to yeah, be insane. They know desperate. this is it. They yeah, know they, this they is have it. one shot. And then you look at the other side of the Western Conference, you're like, okay, Denver, we could probably take them. Phoenix, they don't, I mean, yes, they they obviously have a, a great amount of talent, but 
They don't look that good. So maybe we can go ahead and beat them too. And, and hey, we're back in the NBA Finals. LeBron James in the NBA Finals or Steph Curry in the NBA Finals. I like my chances. So they're probably looking at this like this is one of the last opportunities they have to add an extra ring to their resume. So yeah, I need that series. Absolutely. That, that has a potential to be as good, if not better, than the Kings Warrior series. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I'm still not a huge believer in the Lakers, although I obviously yeah. will give them credit for especially the moves they made at the trade deadline to be who they are now. Um, I just feel like they're kind of shaky and inconsistent at moments. And yeah. that's enough against the Warriors, right? Yeah. So I would pick the Warriors in that series. I actually am picking the Warriors regardless yeah. of who comes out of that. I think the Warriors are moving on. When I created my NBA playoff bracket, I decided to do something fun as opposed to trying to pick who I thought was going to win per se, because I was like, it's too wide open for that. Let's just have fun with it. So okay. I did a whole like Kevin Durant redemption bracket <laughs> where he wins and then the whole narrative changes around Kevin Durant. Um <laughs> which I just thought would be hilarious. It would definitely shake things up all summer long, but Devin Booker has been the best player on their team. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man. He is, he like him and Jimmy are arguably one a and one B in terms of like yes. the best players in the playoffs right now. Who? Yeah. No one, no one would have picked that. No one yeah. going into this playoffs would have said Jimmy Butler and Devin Booker are the best players in the playoffs so far. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. And it's it's such a bizarre thing to think of. And and Devin Booker, uh, for all his like there has been so much doubt about what Devin Booker is as a player. I remember when he was on those awful Suns teams, it was like, oh, Devin Booker can never amount to anything. He's just been this like empty calorie player. And I think that notion is so ridiculous in general for any NBA player, but it was so ridiculous for a player of the caliber of Booker because he's a guy who drops 70 points in a game. He's a guy who's consistently like growing every single year, getting better as a playmaker. And now you see it. You see, This is him at his prime. This is him at his best. He is just, I mean, it's an unstoppable, some of the things that he's doing. And now that you have Kevin Durant on the other side, it's like he's, this is daylight. He's like, I've never dealt with this much space in my life. This is amazing, you know? So, yeah, I think he's taking full advantage of it. Yeah, um, I completely agree. Um, one thing I want to ask you about the Eastern Conference. So okay. I think, assuming assuming the Celtics get out of this first round. Right. And they face the 76ers. Yes. In my opinion, that Ooh. is low-key the real Eastern Conference finals. 100%. 100%. Even though it's the semifinals, right? It's like yeah. who comes out of that series is just going straight to the finals. It's like uh, the same thing. That is, uh, I was going to say no disrespect, but actually that's just full disrespect to the Miami Heat and the New York Knicks. <laughs> I just don't, don't worry. Believe. Jimmy Butler likes the disrespect. It's okay. I mean, I love both of those teams or whichever one makes it out, um, convincing themselves that they're better than they are for like the next five years. Like, that's actually really <laughs> funny to me because um, <laughs> I just feel like the Bucks losing is just such a weird, fluky thing yeah. to happen. Like it kind of it, like it's it's like the Hawks making it in the Eastern Conference finals two years ago. Right. Like that's yeah. kind of what that trajectory feels like. Um, but Celtics 76ers. Mm -hmm. What do you make of that? Uh, it sucks that Embiid is not as healthy 
because uh, he's dealing with some knee thing. I think they officially said that he's tore his LCL, which is like the front part of. I think it's the front part. You know what? I'm not a doctor. I can't. I'm not even gonna act <laughs> like I know this. But but uh, it, it still hurts. That's a knee injury. That's still very painful. It's still a knee injury. Yeah. Yeah. It's still something that deals with your knee. So a uh, 260 pound man dealing with a knee issue is gonna be a problem. Like that's mm-hmm. that's not gonna be. Fun that's to how deal I with. feel whenever I try to walk in high heels. It's like that's too much weight <laughs> on those heels. We yeah. You know what? I my wife also says the same thing. She's like, why do, <laughs> why why do heels exist? this is ridiculous um, also like i'm i'm over 200 pounds so like heels weren't made for me you know what i mean <laughs> the, these are made for dainty ladies but anyway that's it for a different podcast but yeah Damn that's heels. what that's what that uh description reminded me of. that's that's what joel Embiid is, has to do with right now yeah yeah I, I i think overall like i would favor the celtics in that series just because of the fact that Embiid is hurt uh, but even outside of that, even if Embiid was fully healthy, I still think I would favor the Celtics just because uh, they have beat the Sixers every single opportunity they, they've got. I don't think the Sixers have beat them. I think the Sixers beat them once in their last 10 meetings. So the Celtics just know how to win against that team. And Philly has not really figured out a way to to beat the Celtics. So I just I think the advantage is clear, Boston. But yeah, we'll see what happens. And I agree. That is the that is the real conference finals. Yeah, I am. I feel the same way, but I am shocked that Boston is struggling against this Hawks team. Yeah, I I thought this was a sweep. I I picked a lot of these series to be a sweep, which was just egregious (laughs) of me. But, you know, maybe you get the gentleman sweep like the one game or whatever. But, you know, the fact that they're struggling against this team, it's hard for me to tell, like, are they disrespecting their opponent or are they lacking somewhere that I haven't quite figured out this whole year? The one issue the Celtics had, and they, they've had a great year, like they have the second best record in the NBA. But the one issue the Celtics have had all year is that they just choke away games. They just do not. They for some reason, when it gets to the fourth quarter, when they're up 10 points, they're just like, huh we can just relax and then they lose. That's exactly what happens. Uh, most of their wins, the losses this year are probably because of that. So I, I just think that's the big issue with Boston. And that makes me a little bit less, a little more hesitant to say that they're the clear cut favorites right now. Cause if you were to look at like the NBA sphere, obviously with M- Milwaukee losing, you're like, Oh, this is the Celtics title to lose. This is, yeah. this is their opportunity to win the championship. This is Tatum's chance, but the the flip-flopping, the losing and like just losing your composure thing, sort of like Milwaukee, it makes me question if they have what it takes. And if they face Golden State again, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I think now that Milwaukee is out, the whole Eastern Conference feels like a joke to me. <laughs> like it just feels like some weird NCAA bracket where yeah. I was just like willy-nilly, like no idea. I I just don't believe in this whole conference now. I don't yeah. believe I don't believe in the conference. There's a there's a I mean this is the best chance the Knicks have had to make the NBA finals since I was 5 years old. Like that is that's an I don't even know how to digest that. Yeah. I, I, you know, I just I, I I don't know. I don't know how to even think about how that's a possibility. Well, they made the finals in um 99. 99, yeah. 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 
That's what I'm saying. That was the last time I was five years old then. And you were you know, five years old in 99. I was five years old. In Good for you. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't want I didn't want to give away my age, but I guess, you know, we're, we're going to go ahead and do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for you. That's cute. It's adorable. <laughs> um, I I watched that series and have vague memories of it. So. Oh, wow. Really? OK, yeah. cool, cool, cool. I'm All older, right. but that's yeah. fine. Um. <laughs> yeah i uh because when you said that i was like you were like you were, you were i was like i wasn't five <laughs> i wasn't five at all oh. but anyway yeah i mean you're absolutely right um but also like what like what is happening yeah, yeah it does what is sense. happening this it like sense. i don't even think the knicks are that good no i mean look they're they're fun they're a competitive team i don't the, know what happened to cleveland they shrunk. They shrunk. They, they also shrunk. Honey, I shrunk the Cavaliers. <laughs> it, was, it was insane what happened to the Cavs. I mean, it was just like the 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 Knicks realized very early in that series that these guys can get pushed around, that these guys are not going to be physical back with us. And then they just decided to be physical all series. And that was it. That, yeah, that's all they needed. That's all that was I required. I think this series, I mean, it won't be as physical as it was in the 90s, but... It'll but be, it will be like that. It will yeah. be physical, I think. Um, I now I'm starting to lean towards the heat, even though that just feels crazy. <laughs> but they've done it before. Julius Randle is injured. He is and yeah. has been a questionable non-factor. Yeah. So I I mean I don't think Jimmy Butler scoring this much all the time you know 45 points is sustainable but if yeah. they're able to get other players to step up then then that'll be it i mean it's actually a big lowry series i'm not gonna lie huge i think lowry series i'm excited he... for people to remember how good lowry is damn straight absolutely i agree i think yeah people will remember and brunson reminds me a lot of lowry uh, just like the same vibes in terms of what they can do on the court, like the hustle plays and like the small little point guard that's going to like use his body. It, they 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 also are both Villanova guys. So they're, they 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 kind of share an alma mater. But yeah, it's going to be a fun series. I have no idea who to pick there. Like that's one where I'm like toss up. I don't know. Who no, because I, I didn't yeah. even think it would ever happen. Um yeah. Okay, we have a few minutes left. This is a slightly shorter episode this week because we're on time constraints. We're busy people. Um, and I also have a cold, and I can't believe I'm getting through this. Um, are, you, are you doing the Fisherman's Friends like Nick Nurse? Uh, no, I'm doing Ricola's, actually. But Ricola. I did. Ricola. Sorry. I, you know, it's fine. Uh, sponsor us, maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I was a Fisherman Friends person for a while. Um, mm. A quick story when I started doing stand up comedy, I would get really nervous and yeah. I would have like a fisherman's friend and it would just like wake up my sinuses and I would just feel better. But then I was taking them almost every day for like a year. And then when my throat was scratchy, they wouldn't work anymore. Oh, wow. Like, so got, I had became, to like, I had to quit. You became immune. That's yeah, I crazy. became immune. Yeah. So then I had to like quit using them and then um i don't know i think i just had to drink tea and stuff to get through that cold and like not go yeah. out and then wow now it's like it's better because now i just use mints like i should have like a normal person <laughs> i don't know why i wasn't just using mints um 
but yeah, so it's actually super bad for you to do that. Um, I didn't know that. I maybe we should tell Matt Devlin that because apparently Matt Devlin does it all the time. You really? Know? Yeah, that's He's not just good for you. Popping fish. He should friends. do what Jack Armstrong does with the green tea. Yeah, he. I've heard about that. Yeah, that's what he should do. Um, so we've kind of jumped around here, and this should be our Raptors Homer moment. Although I did get into it a bit talking about Nick Nurse, talking about um how he changed over how i feel personally he changed as a coach over his tenure with the raptors um he does have the largest winning percentage in raptors yeah. history you know he won a championship i think the legacy is there but it was also time to go and i think you know the raptors absolutely need a new voice in their locker room i think you know I, personally right now i am leaning towards like a jerry stackhouse um i'm leaning towards a former player i mm -hmm. think they could benefit from having that type of voice as a head coach um yeah. i don't think they've really had that yet yeah i was trying I to remember if Dwayne casey was a former player or not he i mean he was but like former player like he played in like the 60s and 70s that's like yeah like so long ago yeah um no, I, I agree with you. I think they need someone younger and someone yes. that can like level with Scotty and like level with the younger guys and be like, hey, I've been in your shoes before. Jerry Stackhouse is a guy like people don't remember this, but Jerry Stackhouse, obviously like the Pistons era. Yeah. He was a role player here and there for different teams as well. But he was a really good player. All star level guy. Right. Um, And he I, I think he can kind of be in the shoes of some of these guys who are still trying to figure out who they are. He makes sense as – and uh, apparently he's done a great job in college as well. So taking that next step is what he's going to do. And he won a championship with the 905, didn't he? He did. And I think it was yeah. – I think it was the year – I want to say it was the year Pascal was with the 905. So there's obviously the connection there. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, he was instrumental in their, in their development and growth. So. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to me, he's my front runner. I know other people are looking at Adrian Griffin who – you know, I don't have anything against him, but I just feel like maybe it's time for a new staff. The same regime. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I know we did that from Dwayne Casey to Nick nurse, but I think that was a very different scenario yeah. in terms of the fact that like the relationship between coaches and players hadn't broken down. It's yeah. just that the system they were running wasn't working where I think this is actually more about the relationship between the players and the coaches breaking down. Yeah. And I think that's why you don't want to bring back the same group. I agree. I agree. And I, I also think a part of that is you just want them to hear a different voice. If it's Adrian Griffin, that has it's the same kind of, voice. Yeah. It's the same voice. It's the same type of thing that you're hearing. Uh, you're probably hearing similar notes. You, you've probably heard the same thing over and over again. At some point, you just need a new voice. Like we we started this podcast talking about Mike Budenholzer and Nick Nurse and whatnot. Like they probably need a new voice. The Raptors coach they they also need a new. Imagine voice. like Nick Nurse wasn't fired yet, and they they traded each other. <laughs> I mean, if they that waited five been, days, if that could have been so <laughs> funny, like a coach's trade. I could see that. I it could have made much so much sense. It's just it's perfect. Um, I don't know. I kind of like the idea of them swapping coaches. You, you know? want Budenholzer? I just think Budenholzer is a guy who builds teams up really well. Right? Yeah. He'll get you to where you need to be, and then after that, 
find another guy that can get you over the hump. He's sort of like a Dwayne Casey in that sense, in the sense that like he's going to be able to build a culture and build a scheme and a system that works and guys will like everybody, et cetera, et cetera. But Nick Nurse is like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. You know, he's like <laughs> very militant about what he wants to do. So yeah. I think that's what it is. Yeah, I love that. Um, we got to go, but uh, thank you so much for joining me this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, as for those who uh, maybe don't know what you're up to, let us know what you're up to and where people can find you on the Internet. Yeah, uh, just find me on Twitter. Do the thing there, you know, just the name. You can enter that and I'll be there. Uh, just pop up. And then the other thing is I'm working on a video on Scotty Barnes. So you can go and check out the SDPN YouTube channel, Scotty Barnes video. It will be out by the time you're watching this podcast. So. Oh, fun. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. Uh, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.